Welcome to Right Course with Dan Barry, conservative commentary on politics, policy, and the news from the Southern Piedmont of North Carolina through the Raleigh State House into the nation's capital. To learn more about us, search the web at Right Course with Dan Barry and let us know your thoughts. We look forward to hearing from you. I'm your host, Dan Barry. Welcome to episode seven of Right Course. I'm Dan Barry. Today's September. 26th, we've had an incredibly uh, interesting week in politics in North Carolina following the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg in Washington. Today, there'll be an appointment or an announcement of a recommended appointment to the Supreme Court by President Trump, only to be overshadowed by just some incredible antics at the North Carolina State Board of Elections that I'll talk about today. And kind of catch you up to date on those of you who might not have been paying attention because it is significant. As has become our custom today, um, episode 7 takes us to 1783 in American history, and there is a really important turning point that occurs in this year. We finally have some closure to the Revolutionary War. The Paris Treaty is signed, and The United States signs its peace agreement with the English. Spain formally recognizes the United States. But probably the most significant thing, in my opinion, that happens, happens very, very late in the year. General George Washington, who led the nation through the Revolutionary War, could have very easily become a despot, surrenders his command or or resigns his formal commission, as commander-in-chief of the army to then the Continental Congress, thus beginning the the long and storied tradition in our military of the servant soldier. Um, So it's just an incredible story to see at this point in his career, later to become the first president of the United States, where he sets aside just this incredible privilege. And we know that Uh, He does it again in eight short years after his second term as president of the United States, the first president of the United States. So let's talk a little bit about just the crazy antics going on at the State Board of Elections. Now, this is really granular detail stuff, and some of you who are lawyers may call me later and say, oh, you got that wrong. But in order to grasp the fullness of the issue, let's back up for a minute. The State Board of Elections is, is consistently sued by organizations from the right and left who have some argument in front of them to modify, change, broaden, more restrict election process policy and procedures. The State Board of Elections is an executive agency, which means it's represented by the Attorney General's Office of the State of North Carolina, who is led by Josh Stein. So what makes this unique case so significant? Mark Elias, those of you down here in in the Union County area or in the 9th Congressional District will remember that name. He was actively involved by representing the Democratic Party in the case against Mark Harris and some of his consultants in some tainted ballots that at the time the Board of Election deemed to be so tainted they had to call for a new election. By the way, no one's yet to be tried and convicted in that case, and candidate Mark Harris has been exonerated for all intents and purposes from his 
involvement in anything nefarious that was going on in Bladen County. But we had Mark Elias, who is the most pre- pre- preeminent Democratic election lawyer in the country. I'm surprised he hadn't bought a house in North Carolina. He spent so much time here. So an outside group hires him to sue the Board of Elections for ballot relief and some broadening and removal of ballot security provisions that the North Carolina General Assembly added earlier this year and last year as a result of what was happening in the ballot harvesting process in Bladen County. But the Democrats didn't like many of the provisions that the Republicans had added to them. Part of that because the Bladen Improvement Kit Pact was actually harvesting ballots and they thought they'd skirted through this issue. However, the North Carolina Attorney General's Office is now representing the Board of Elections in the lawsuit where Mark Elias is representing the plaintiffs. The plaintiff, large interest group here, had a keynote speaker earlier. The keynote speaker was Josh Stein. Josh Stein is a candidate on this ballot, a Democratic candidate on this ballot, who could be perceived to have a pecuniary interest and a gain in the outcome of this election, uh, in the outcome of this settlement. Joining the, the defendants with the Board of Elections are also Tim Moore and Phil Berger to engage the General Assembly because they have an interest because it would be overturning some of the applications in North Carolina general statutes passed by the General Assembly earlier this year. So you have a collusive agreement. That's, those are the words of Congressman Dan Bishop in his press conference. So you have a plaintiff's attorney sue a democratically controlled board to have an out-of-court settlement to overturn a section of the law that they could not have gotten created in the first place. It's kind of like in in my business, in uh, the securities business, insider trading, insider dealing. You have a plaintiff and a defendant negotiating it with itself to run up the score. But what's more problematic to that is the minority interest on the Board of Elections was browbeat into not receiving advice on their own. I remember serving in elective office a couple of years ago, and it was consistently put out to the board members by our outside attorney, lawyer at Parker Poe, that the advice he gives, he gives to the board. His representations of the board are instructions by the majority vote. So if you are in the minority, he is not your lawyer. But what's interesting here is that the attorneys from the State Board of Elections exerted such intimidation techniques over the minority members of the board that they were inhibited in their ability to get counsel in their own right. But what were they really after? They were really after, talking about Mark Elias and the Democrats, the state director, Director Bell, and the Democrats on the Board of Elections, to remove the ballot security features in our vote-by-mail or paper ballot process. A million votes in the state are going to be conducted in paper prior to the election. Why is this so important? So they remove the witness requirements. They move the ballot signature requirements. They remove some of the assistance requirements. And then they extend the date of time in which you can receive a vote-by-mail ballot. 
it's intriguing to me because if we go back 18 months, we had this issue that everybody talked about with ballot harvesting. An individual group of individuals goes out into the community, picks up ballots, and delivers them to the Board of Elections. It is explicitly outlawed. To enforce that, the Board of Elections eliminated the use of drop boxes, where you could go in and just drop off ballots. If you deliver a ballot to the Board of Elections, you're supposed to sign a log and register that you had turned in your ballot. But in this settlement, they say, if ballots are found in drop boxes, they must be counted. Hmm. If ballots don't have signatures, they must be counted. What are they doing? They've effectively eliminated any rules restricting ballot harvesting and allowing somebody to collect ballots and deliver them to a board of elections in a ballot box that must be counted in spite of an explicit exclusion in law of that occurring. And how did that happen? You had a Democratic lawyer, by the way, who was Governor Cooper's lawyer, and Attorney General Josh Stein's lawyer, sue the Democrats on the Board of Elections who weren't able to get some of this done through the General Assembly so they could get an out-of-court settlement to supersede the will of the voters in the actions of the North Carolina General Assembly. In a conversation that I had with another lawyer the other day, we were talking about North Carolina rules of procedure. And it became glaringly apparent to me that the, the members of the North Carolina Attorney General's office probably violated the North Carolina codes and the North Carolina rules of procedure regarding collusive settlements. That's an important word that you're going to hear a lot about. So two, a, a party with the same interest as the internal party sue each other so they can settle to drive a different outcome and eliminate the ability for the minority interest to protect themselves. We're going to hear a lot about that. The question is, and the question that I will have, is what Republican, what person of interest is going to stand up and file a charge with the North Carolina Bar Association against Josh Stein and the members of his staff that provided such poor leadership, such poor and unethical behavior towards the members of this board in communicating to the board members of what their rights and responsibilities were. As my friend Dan Bishop said yesterday in his press conference, this is a direct attack on the rule of law. And I'll add, it is an attack by an executive agency of an opposition party to run a flank run around the Republican-controlled General Assembly to get in the courts what they could not get as a policy decision through the North Carolina General Assembly. Ultimately, the General Assembly makes the laws. The executive branch does what? They execute the laws, and then there's a rulemaking process. Don't forget, there's a lawsuit right now from Governor Cooper against the Rules Commission as it stands anyway. Just an incredible week. Today's going to be an exciting day to uh, hear President Trump make his announcement for the U.S. Supreme Court, and we're off to the races. This race continues to tighten for governor. It's tightening for president, and I still see, as I've said before, a thunderous victory for the Republicans. Only time will tell. Y'all have a great weekend this weekend, and I look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you for joining us. Please subscribe to our podcast through your provider and invite your friends to join us. 
Of course, look us up on the web at Right Course with Dan Barry, where we have additional content, blogs, and other items for you. We look forward to seeing you again and make it a great week.